Welcome, you're now listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. Bienvenidos a todos, you are listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. My name is Joshua Smyzer de Leon, and I want to thank you for downloading this episode. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are streamed, give this podcast a like and subscribe to it. It makes a world of difference. We started this podcast as a way to bring attention to the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here in Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world. From La Isla to the diaspora, we hope you enjoy what you hear. Last week on the Paseo podcast, we did a Lolita Lebron-themed episode in preparation for her 100th birthday. We spoke to people who knew her and used her memory as inspiration in their work today. Today, we continue that same conversation with a group of talented artists who share the story of Lolita Lebron throughout the world. So we are going to welcome to the show today Viviana Torres, Nore Feliciano, and Ifrain Rosa to discuss their play, Un Monologo Sobre la Vida de Lolita Lebron. I shared a portion of our discussion in last week's episode, but today you are going to get the whole thing. Let's jump into the interview. We are here in the Puerto Rican Cultural Center studio. We have Viviana, Ifrain, and Nore from a monologue on Lolita Lebron. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. So for our listeners that have only ever heard Lolita Lebron in passing, growing up on Paseo Boricua, we have a lot of imagery of Lolita. We have spaces named after her here. Yeah. Um, so that name has had weight in this community. Um, but outside of this community, when I hear Lolita's name, it's like, oh, she tried to kill some uh, Congress members. She tried to kill uh, U.S. representatives. Um, so That's I think this correct. is so. This is why I wanted to to bring this up because you, when we hear about how history is shared mm -hmm. and how it's passed on, whose history are we hearing? Right. And is it to fit a narrative or is it to tell the truth? Right. So how are we, so with this monologue, I think it really gives us some really good insight into who she was so that we do have that correct understanding of this woman. What is the real story of Lolita Lebron? What should people know? Who was she? Well, Lolita uh, was born in Lares and she emigrated to the state in a time in Puerto Rico that a lot of people emigrated. Um, and she started working in factories. And uh, she saw all the injustices and all uh, the racial discrimination that were with Latinos. And at the same time, she started learning about the Nationalist Party and Albizu Campos and everything. So she started to get involved. And um, in that involvement, she became really active. And Pedro Albizu Campos chose her uh, for a very important mission because the Nationalist, the Nationalist Party back then the way that they managed to uh, put that message out there was with few missions, like mm -hmm. with, yeah, bombs and mm -hmm. guns and stuff like that. It was their, the way that the party believed that the message was going to be effective. Mm -hmm. And um, so the mission that she was uh, 
asked to do was to command a group of people to walk into Congress and to shoot at the ceiling. And the purpose was to bring attention to the Puerto Rican colonial state and to draw attention from the people and say, hey, here we are, we're being stepped on, we do not want to be a colony anymore, we have a lot of problems politically in Puerto Rico, and we need you to pay attention to us, and we want our country to be free. And the way they did that was opening fire in the Congress, but the instructions were to shoot to the ceiling. Um, she was accompanied by three other men, Andres Figueroa, Irving Flores, and Rafael Cancer Miranda. There were four of them. Um, so, as I was saying, it was basically a suicide miss mission. They were very clear that they were not going to come alive out of that. Um, but they did, because what they did was um, they, uh, the policeman just arrested them. And the, guy, the boys of the group, they did decide to shoot down mm -hmm. at the congressman. So there were some people hurt and they were detained because if those people died, they were gonna have the death penalty mm. as, a, you know, as a punishment. So the instructions are to shoot at the ceiling. Yeah. So for Lolita, following the instructions, yeah. Typical men shooting <laughs> yes. at the shoot, not following the directions. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think the guys decided not to follow instructions? Well, I think the adrenaline. Sorry for all. the men in the room. Too. <laughs> well, I think maybe it, it was. It would be really interesting to ask Rafael Cancel Miranda that because he was one of the the boys in that group. Um, but if I were to think of a reason, I would say adrenaline and just the, the anger that Puerto Ricans had. It was another time. It, it was another time uh, things were resolved another way. Maybe violence now is not the answer. And actually Lolita, after she came out of uh, jail and she was involved in other protests and she was arrested in Vieques as well, a, a much older age, um, she changed her mind and she did um, ask the students in the strikes of the university, violence is not an option, there's mm -hmm. another way to do things. So she did uh, change her, her mindset through the years. But in the 50s, it was another time. Mm -hmm. it, there was a little bit of pressure to make things happen. And that was the way that they, they understood that it was, um, reasonable to do so um so she got arrested she got 50 years uh in jail she only did 25 years because president jimmy carter uh made uh, uh like let, let her go before that they had the opportunity to leave but they had to add to say they they were sorry for what they did mm. and she did not so until jimmy carter just released her and she came back to puerto rico and was active in a law like Basically, she was vice president of the Nationalist Party. Then she was president of the Nationalist Party. It's interesting that she never meet, she never met uh, Albizu Campos. If you notice in the play that she sits on the table and she receives a note, yeah, 
those were the instructions that Albizu sent her. And then she actually ate the paper in her oatmeal to destroy the evidence. So <laughs> this, the stories are really interesting. These are the type of stories that we got from the family. Wow. Um, so in jail, her uh, daughter and her son and her mother died when she was in jail. So she oh, wow. she received tortures, uh, like radiation. She uh, received like fights, like they paid other inmates to just mm -hmm. fight with her. It, it's a really tragic story. Like she was a strong woman for all the things that she lived. I just, I couldn't imagine just going through that and still having this love for her country and putting her country first in all the things that she did. Yeah. So you play Lolita in this play. Yes, I do. How in the heck did you end up in this role? <laughs> well, it all started with a photographic project because I did my MFA in photography and I specialized in self-portraits. So I did this project that is called Self-Portraits as Puerto Rican Women. And what I did was I took uh, the, an original picture of women like Julia de Burgos, Lola Rodriguez de Tio, and I recreated the photograph uh, using myself, like a self-portrait, and one of those women in the, the project was Lolita Lebron. So I did a research in each woman so I could do the project, and I found that there was little information on Lolita. People hardly knew who she was, and I found it necessary to communicate her message and her story because it's a beautiful story of resistance and uh, the fight for independence of our country. Um, so I just sat down with my father because I have a theater company and I've been doing theater for 17 years now. And I work very closely with my father. He he writes some of the plays. He does the sets for some of our plays. Wow. So I was like, Dad, we have to do something with Lolita. It's necessary. It's important. And uh, we just I, I didn't even know. I, I said, I don't know. How are you going to do this? I just want to end, end the play with saying, Yo no vine a matar a nadie, yo mm. vine a morir por Puerto Rico. Like, mm. I, I knew that that has to be the end. You work it out. <laughs> you, <laughs> the rest is up to you. <laughs> so um, we started researching. We found uh, contact for the family. Um, they opened the doors of their house to mm. us. Uh, we did a few, more than a few interviews with them from knowing the color of the, the clothes that she wore for the attack. Um, stories from jail, the tortures, the tortures, everything that she went through. If I can interrupt you for a second, yeah. when you were talking, you mentioned like getting, getting the design, the costume design down, yeah. even to the color. Yeah. The only videos I've seen of Lolita are in black and white. Yes. So for those listening, like you really had to research to figure out what these colors were. Our only um, reference yeah. were pictures in black and white. My gosh. So. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of research has gone into this. A lot of research. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of research for me as an actress because I play uh, young Lolita. And when she did the attack, she was 35 years old, like three years older than I am right now. Um, and there's not a lot of, like the video that you saw, like I got the voice and the accent also from few videos that the the little information that it is online from from her and for me 
talking to the family and trying to get to know her through the people that were closest to her. Um, it helped me a lot to build this character of this woman that existed. Because my biggest fear was that a lot of people that were going to see the play knew Lolita, shared time with her, and I was so scared because it's a big responsibility to carry on this character, this woman that so many people loved. So my biggest worry was to make justice to the figure and the memory of her. You mentioned in, when you were talking about the play, you said there, there was a video that I saw. Yeah. Um, for those that haven't seen the play, there is a, what, like a five-minute video? 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Yeah. Wow, that went by really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So a 15-minute video, can you say a bit more on... Like you touched on it a little bit, but can you say a bit more on what that video is just to create a picture for our listeners that haven't seen it? Yeah. So we've been doing this play for six years now. The first two years was only the play. And then when we started doing performances for students, uh, we found that they had no idea of who she was and not necessarily understanding what they, they were seeing on stage. So we decided to add um, this video um, for the student's performance and then we decided to just to leave it for all the performances because it was necessary. So what we did was some of the interviews that we did prior to doing the script, we recorded it um, after those two years and we found like uh, political prisoners, Rafael Cancel Miranda, which is the only living uh, person from the attack of, of 1954 in the Congress. So he also gave us a lot of context on that day, how she walked the stairs of the Capitol, their, like her religious uh, approach to what they were doing, and um, the powerful scene that he explained how she walked through those stairs, like she was commanding this group of people um, to do this attack because they it was a suicide mis mission like they were sure that they were not going to come alive from that mission um, i'm sure at that time four brown people yeah. walking into congress with weapons yeah yeah uh, the expectation was not to come yeah, out breathing not to come out mm -mm. yeah so all the that information we cannot put it in a 45 minute monologue it's so much information that is that that we collected um so by doing this video it was an asset to the play to so the the public can hear from other people that knew her and try to create um, this puzzle of who that woman was because she's so complicated she has so many layers mm -hmm. because people know the politician but people don't know the mother the wife the daughter the religious mm -hmm. the lover those are uh, layers of this woman that people don't know so through the play we wanted to integrate that We want to take this moment to say thank you again for listening. When you download our podcast or subscribe to the podcast itself, that makes a world of difference. So gracias for taking your time to listen to us. We also want to take this time to thank the sponsor of today's episode. This episode would not be possible without the generous support of the Puerto Rican Cultural Center. The Puerto Rican Cultural Center, located at 2546 West Division Street, right here in Chicago, is a community-based, grassroots, educational, health, and cultural services organization founded on the principles of self-determination, 
self-actualization, and self-sufficiency that is all activist-oriented. For more information on the work they do, give them a visit at their website at prcc-chgo.org. Again, that's prcc-chgo.org. Now, if you or anyone else you know would like to be a sponsor of the Paseo Podcast, please email us at paseopod at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-E-O-P-O-D at gmail.com. Tell them Joshua from Humble Park sent you. Um, so Nore, how did you get involved in this, in this play? Well, um, about seven months ago, uh, Viviana was talking to me at work because we worked together. Um, very cool. <laughs> and you went to school together, right? We met in college. Wow. We both studied journalism. Great. Um, uh, I'm a musician and she's an actress. So, um, a part of being colleagues in journalism and in communication. Our, our paths crossed sometime like six years ago. We started working together also doing, she worked as a producer for my concerts and we started collaborating together. Then we started working together at a company doing uh, communication and video editing. And one in one of those uh, afternoons, conversations. random conversations. She was telling me that she had an opportunity to present Lolita in Cuba oh, wow. uh, this summer. And that she wanted to go, we had to, and she wanted to um, do like recaudar uh, fondo to to do, to be able to travel to Cuba and, and, and do Lolita. Mm-hmm. And that she wanted to um, refresh the the play, you know. She wanted to use this this opportunity to then um, uh, like a remix, like remix, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, refresh yeah. the 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 content. Yes, yes, and, uh, especially with the music you're putting in. Exactly, yes. and that she wanted to know if I was uh, available to do something with music in the play, and I said, "Oh wow, that's wow. amazing! I would love to do that." Yes. Um, I said yes immediately. What a beautiful way for you to like begin this partnership in this journey. No, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it has been great. Um, at first, I was just going to uh, collaborate musically mm-hmm. um, because I'm not an actor- actress. I I don't have uh, education or formal education in that area. Um, but then when we started to rehearse and we started to put together the ideas. Um, Efrain, the director, said, um, we need to integrate you more. I need more from you, more than music. Uh-huh. Um, can, can, can you do some, a, little, a little bit of acting? And I said, oh, well, I'm, I don't know if I can because uh, I've never done it. So it, he just said, let's try. Yeah. Give me the chance to direct Let's try. Go, go, go with the flow. And I, and I said, yes. Wow, that's and great. Now I have a role. I am Patria in, in Lolita. Mm-hmm. That's something like 
the consciousness of Lolita. Mm, okay. It, I think it has multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. My role, um, most of, most of the time, um, I'm expressing myself with music because Patria, Patria, Puerto Rico is a musical island. I think mm-hmm. we we express ourselves mostly through culture, mostly through music. Um, everything that happens to us, we just canalize, you know, express it through, through those mm. um, yep. channels. And um, so I'm basically with Lolita in prison. Mm-hmm. She doesn't see me because I'm just like mm. a presence that gives her support and yeah it's like a force it's like her idea interesting yeah i i I was trying to like i I was trying to look at your role in a very specific lens like i was like okay i think this is what it is i think this is what it is and i think this there's so much symbolism there that you can kind of get what you want out of that role whether it's a spirit whether it's like a younger voice whether it's a consciousness whether it's a future her you know i i think that that was like a beautiful like um what's the word i'm looking for not a i don't mean this in a bad way but like it was very obscure and if and in a good way um but anyway so you you have brought music to this can you say a little bit why is music important to you why do you think music is important to not only you but important to this art form Uh, well in terms of the specifically for the play um, I think it brings it, it, it is a depth, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it, it also is good because it helps to establish, it differentiate the scenes mm-hmm. because she's in, when, always in prison, but it's like in retrospective. Mm-hmm. So it's important, I think, technically. Music sets like the mood in, in a lot of the of the scenes it so it's it's it helps in that way um but also in terms of my role it's important because as i was saying i just think patria puerto rico you think about puerto rico and you think about a, a lot of things but music stands out i think that's our f- first and our most important tool mm-hmm. if you think about the summer of nine, uh, 2019 and you think about the the all yep. that went down mm-hmm. and how the artists were so important, specifically the musical artist. Yes. Um, for me, it's no coincidence because that's our the 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 way that we express ourselves. Yeah. So they represent that. So for me, it was it was logical that Patria uh, is musical in 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 terms of the play. Ifrain, I want to ask you. How do you not go crazy directing this play? Like, this is a lot of work. This is a lot of things to to organize. Um, I know you have a team. I know you all put a lot of work into this, too. So I know you're not doing it alone. But, like, what is it? How do you manage directing something like this? Well, uh, at the first time, maybe six years ago, Bibiana told me about this project and I loved it. I didn't have enough information to uh, create what then 
uh, it was going to, to be Lolita. In the meantime of presentations, I was out of the project, not, not because I wanted, because I, because I have all other works. So I didn't went to some of the presentations out of Puerto Rico about two years ago. I integrated myself again to the project when Viviana calls me and, and says, I'm thinking um, about a little music in the... <laughs> so uh, it was already directed. Mm -hmm. And she told me, well, maybe you can do something. <laughs> okay, I'll I try. Guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm very proactive, so I, I'll try. Then I met uh, Nore, and uh, I knew about her. I went to Spotify to hear her lovely, so. lovely music <laughs> and to know a little bit more about her. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew Viviana, and I. I'm, I was very sure that we're going to have a beautiful experience together. But I, I, I had my issues at first because it was, um, it was necessary to create another play. Mm -hmm. So that's why when uh, Nore came, I didn't want to use Nore just for singing or for pr playing the guitar. It was necessary, the presence of her. So um, it was necessary to the presence of Patria. Mm -hmm. That for me is something like uh, spirit, uh, feelings of patriotism in, in, in the play and the support that uh, helped um, Lolita to stay alive in all that conditions. So um, I needed that uh, Patria could act. And she accepted the challenge. And we uh, change a lot of things. We are going to change some else too. Oh, oh my yes. gosh. Oh, this is yes. like, we have a scoop. We're gonna yeah. have <laughs> a little bit more of the video. We're gonna have some other things, musical things, and a little dancing in the in the play. Uh, it, it's this is you notice is an experimental uh, direction, mm -hmm. but it, it has a lot of layers uh, because we we can't, as Viviana told us, we can't uh, share all the story, the real story of that is very interesting with 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 the. For 45 minutes, but we can, if we, if we know about her, we can notice that she was um, costurera mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that she's uh, um, measuring, midiendo uh, la celda, and she was creating something at the same time that she was sharing the experience of the attack. So that's why you see the fabrics on the floor, uh, the names in one of the fabrics. She was constructing. She was um, uh, making all the planifications for that attack. 
from the cell. It's like a, a lot of layers. I'm just connecting some dots here. I think about starting of movements and how things grow over time and how it started with just you, Viviana, and your dad, and now has expanded. You're traveling to different countries, and not just within the island. You have a whole team. You're constantly um, reflecting on, okay, how can we make this better? How can we take this to the next level? Um, and I, I would not forgive myself if I didn't ask this to you. What would you say about, what, what advice would you give a young Boricua that's studying theater that wants to take their abilities to the next level, that wants to get into theater, that wants to get into directing, how, what advice would you give? Where should they, where should they start? Well, I think they, they have to study the, the discipline because it, it's um, essential. But they have to start doing it. Because nobody um, thinks you're going to be an actor or a director if you can't prove it. Mm -hmm. um, a diploma or a certificate don't uh, make you a artist. It's um, your performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I love that. I don't think any of us, when we start these things, know what we're doing or get good at it mm -hmm. until we just make the thing. And that's how we grow. So you, you can go to a producer and say, hey, this is my diploma. I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. I want <laughs> right. that. Yes. <laughs> no, it is. Absolutely. No, absolutely. It's, it's like classic, like when you go to apply for a job and you just got your diploma and they say, well, we're looking for someone with like two, three years experience. But if you don't hire me, I don't get the experience. So trying to find ways to mm -hmm. make those experiences happen for ourselves and not a not just expect a piece of paper to get us through that yes. door. Um, it's a start, it's a base, but we have to just make mm -hmm. the thing. Um, so thank you all for making this. How can our listeners, if they want to learn more about you all, how can they keep up with you? How can they keep up with Lolita? Okay, so our company's name is Enfocarte. Um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we, you can find us as Enfocarte Inc., and that with that same name, you can find us on Instagram. We post our schedules and uh, future performances. And if you want to bring us uh, to a state or to your community or to your school, you can uh, contact us through there. Our email is enfocarteinc at gmail.com. And uh, we'll make arrangements and try to make it possible to, to keep doing the play wherever we can. Uh, personally, you can find my fan page uh, with my full name, Viviana Torres Meste. Um, I also put the, the schedule of other things that I'm doing. I have a book. I have other plays as well and other projects. And I update everything through my page. And you can see my photography portfolio and Instagram at VTM Photography. So those are my social media. Perfecto. Nore? Um, you can find me on social media, in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and every social media you can think about. <laughs> <laughs> As Nore Feliciano, that's my last name, Nore Feliciano. Um, I use it every day, so I answer all the messages. There you can see um, the schedule of Lolita, too, because I share the information. Um, but also um, my music, that's in Spotify and all the streaming services. Um, and La Banda Acústica Rodante information, you can, you can see it through my, my profiles too. So 
Well, um, maybe you can know something of me uh, from Facebook, Efrain Rosa. And if you want uh, more information, maybe Fundación Nacional para la Cultura Popular, there's more information about mm -hmm. myself. Um, we're doing other things in, in Enfocarte. We have a lot of work, too. We're running to, with uh, Ostos Vive. It's uh, another monologue. He's the actor. Uh, and I'm the Whoa. actor. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yes. You're double yes. duty. Yes. Oh, my goodness. No, we, we, all, we all do a lot wow. of things. We're, yes. We'll do a lot of things. We, yeah. um, we're university professors, uh, high school professors. I work in the uh, School of Drama of San Juan. Mm. I have to a school of, mm. for actors in, in San Juan, too. So we, have, we do a lot of things. I appreciate you all being on. I know I've taken up a ton of your time already, so I want to be respectful of that. Um, but thank you all for your work. Without our awesome guests, this podcast would not be possible. And without you, our listeners, this would not be possible. So we really appreciate you listening. If you want to reach out to the show, Connect with us by visiting our website, baseomedia.org, emailing us at baseopodcast.gmail.com, and following us at baseopodcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a tip, want to pitch a story, or send us a compliment, we love to hear from you. Thanks for downloading this episode, and see you next week. Cuídate.